0: Welcome to Talking In Stations. It is July 7th. I am Madderall here. Uh, We're going to be talking about this summer of rage. I put that in quotes because we think it's more of a summer of disengaged. So to help me discuss that, uh, we have Rundle.
1: Hello, everyone. Uh, Lucky sevens today. If you believe in that sort of thing, go get your lottery tickets. Send me a little bit of money after you win. You'll thank, you can thank me later.
0: A little bit of Plex, Plex is going up. And also, yeah, yeah, also Shen is here. How are you doing, Shen?
2: Doing well, hello, hello.
0: All right, so uh, as you have seen, there is uh, some discontent from some players in some places. I put the sum in front of everything so that you know that it's a segment of the population, not the whole thing. But the one thing that's kind of scaring everybody is looking at that PCU number drop, We'll take a look at that in just a second. But these are the things that we're going to talk about. But first, I want to say that we are now officially caught up with our podcasts. I want to say thank you to all our podcast listeners. And sorry, uh, you know, June was uh, off the rails like that. There was a lot of different things going on. Of course, the post-COVID was the biggest one. So time was limited as uh, opportunities to do real-life social events uh, presented itself. But also, there was uh one of these things where you end up once you start getting behind, you end up just staying behind. Uh, my only sadness is that we lost a couple shows. We weren't able to do a couple of shows the uh in June, which is not like us. normally, I think in our five year history, we've only lost uh like three shows um to time, so it's just really one of those um reminders that like you know uh it's uh it's a different time that we're in right now it's a totally different time that we're in right now from the last year but also the last five years it's uh, incredibly uh i don't even know how, i didn't even know how to kind of put this into words but um, we're we're definitely going through a transition back to society back to real life and talking in stations is going to suffer from that because this was built on a lot of spare time and a lot of people's spare time
1: Absolutely. And speaking of spare time, you know, personally, thank you for putting all that, doing that hard work. Uh, For everyone listening, I know not going to be super excited with this, but he literally just put in a cubic ass load of work to get those videos (laughs) updated. So, you know, for the community, thank you for working through all that and getting it caught up. That was all you, so thank
0: you. Well, thanks. And uh, uh, I just imagined uh, my ass looking like a giant cube when you said that.
1: Yeah, it's not, it, it not just, far. You know, off. on that on that being a different time, you know, I was a uh, few of us were talking about this, and they were you know talking to grandparents and stuff who were were around when World War Two ended. A little odd, but you know, World War Two for most people, especially in Europe and and over here, was a time where you just you know money wasn't plentiful. You spent time, you went to the factory, you worked, you did your thing, and if you were in the military, obviously you know your life was consumed by that, and the feeling of victory and coming home and then just now what do i do what's next right this and then people were going out and babies there a, right that baby there was a baby boom there's an economic boom but just that feeling their, their grandparents were talking about just that feeling of relief of it's over and that to me that part of the conversation resonated and so um i, I suspect you know that really is playing a big part that has to be uh, i'm sure it is everyone around the world this is a worldwide event so uh, it cannot be discounted. It cannot be ignored.
0: right. okay. Thank you, Rundle, Um, putting stuff in perspective for us. Also, thanks to all the t i s. staffers that are with us because they're the ones that kept the ball rolling. Uh, Shen here put in a lot of work to keep information current and useful uh, and uh, Rich stepped up as uh as a host, and all that helps because it gives us it, it doesn't it means that we don't have to take two weeks of silence in order to do this. I was supposed to take a two week vacation that got turned into a one week vacation. Uh, and so we came back, I came back a little bit early, which may not have been the right thing to do, but, uh, you know, things were going on. So, okay. But thanks for listening. And uh, now let's get on with some more content as we can scrape it up these days. not a whole lot that's going on. that's really visible to players, but there's definitely a lot going on under the surface that we'll try to dig out for you. Um, should we do a little bit of news, Shen, before we move on to our, our topic?
2: Yeah, I think that's like the only bit of news we have today, uh, which is the Liberation Day event that's going to come tomorrow, I believe. Uh, I think stated by uh, the CCP for these tweet that we've mm-hmm. seen today. Yeah. yeah. From the screenshot, we can see uh, there is an option for you to choose between seven tribes within the Mimitar Republic. And we don't know anything about what happened after we're going to choose, uh, each tribe. Um, I think, uh, Astrology has done, an analyzing video about this. So maybe you can go watch that video. Uh, but a- as far as I can see, it's basically a-, a road of challenge, complete challenge, get some reward at the end. There may be some special skins or special boosters you will get at the end of each challenge. And yeah, that's all the information we have seen t- so far. But we don't, we haven't ha- we haven't given uh, uh, an official death yet about this event.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we don't know what it means. But uh, you get to select a tribe. I didn't realize there's so many tribes, but uh, uh, and they all have a history. I think Estrathi did a show a, a couple days ago where he talked about the individual histories and stuff. This Sunday we'll do the same thing. Uh, maybe we'll get Arcia to talk about. Uh, Although she's a Marian, she switched over to the um, Minmitar side of things. But uh, since she's steeped in the roleplay community, there may be some uh, stuff that she can pull out. Now, again, the roleplay community is not the same as the, like, lore or backstory community. They, they overlap, but they're not necessarily the same. Um, so it's a, it's, a different, it's a different group. But we'll see if we can't uh, dig out like some of the differences between these tribes and their behaviors and their patterns and that kind of stuff, so you can make a better choice. If anybody read the Imperian Age, the uh, Brooders are brutal. They're like, yeah, some some terrible stuff they do to their own people.
2: Um, the only name I can recognize is a Thucker. Uh, uh, that name is, I think, that's one of the uh, large cat battery. It's from their faction. So there's a Thucker a yeah. large cap battery that has less power grade required compared to a republic free one so that's the only name that pops up for me
0: oh and the that we've heard of them in the lore stuff and uh sebastian they're the typical you know and then starke money stock step on my toe uh stark heard of them too just can't pronounce it uh, Thacker Brutor, of course, but I haven't heard much of uh, Verokjar or uh, Krusial, Krusual. and I'm going to stop saying uh, stuff in Icelandic. I suppose because I am wrecking it.
1: But did you really say the Brutors were brutal? Yes. All right.
0: Because they are. <laughs> Read that novel. You'll you'll find out. <laughs> let's take uh, uh let's take a look at other stuff. Uh, Fraternity roaming into Esoteria, that just never happened, uh, right?
2: Yeah, never happened. haven't seen them in a while, like an official big fleet, at least.
0: Yeah, and uh, we had an Outer Ring follow-up. We needed to clear the record. I haven't gotten a good... um, Let's see what happened. As a a result of the fight, we were able to downpin three dreads uh, from Serenity Syndicate, and we were able to kill two of them. After downtime, test came to assist. I need to talk to these guys to get their story straight so that I can present it properly. I can't um, read it right now, and I thought it would be a little clearer than this, but I have to digest it and figure out what happened. So we'll skip that. I was talking to somebody from, uh, where were they from? I can't say the real name, but they were from Dragon Corp. So I hope to get back in touch with that person and then bring you uh, an update on that story. Okay, Uh, let's see. Winter, we'll go to Summer of Rage 2.0. This is an easy one because uh, as it happens, uh, if you read uh, the novel for Empires of Eve, Volume 2, I'm actually cited in there like three or four times. Uh, I had a nice talk with the author, Andrew Groen. It's a great book, by the way. Let me look it up. Empires of Eve,
1: Volume 2. You've had them on the show as well, I believe, right?
0: Yeah. A couple times, yeah. Um, Well, here it is, Empires of Eve, Volume 2. This is the Kickstarter. And uh, there's actually an official site. Let's see if we can get to it from there. Imagine there would be an easy place to find it. Well, anyway, I'm off off already. Uh, Empires of Eve 2 is a novel about the history of Eve Online. There's obviously Volume 1. And this one basically is uh, 2009 through 2014. And then it stops right before 2016, World War B, let's call it. Uh, And he cites this article. That's why I'm in there because this article was written, was editor for INN at the time. So Summer of Rage and actually broke down what the Summer of Rage looked like five years later. And I had some help from uh, Dirk McGurk, Noisy Gamer, who were, were, you know, we were all researching this together. And then I wrote it up. But one of the things I did was put together a timeline so you could see what the major events were and what people were mad about. Uh, we also talked about just how much damage was uh, done to CCP. What was it that CCP was feeling? How worried were there? And I've talked to former CCPers about this. and. And uh, this was a definitely, you know, red alert moment for them because they saw something like 27,000 subs uh, go away in very short order. I think I actually have that statistic here. Now that's not confirmed by the company, of course, but uh, and we'll we'll get into these details a little bit more. And we, you know, predict the path of uh, the whole thing. And, you know, it's a, I'll be right back. One second. Go ahead.
1: Take it. So uh, we're gonna, what we're going to end up talking about is, uh, and <laughs> right at the same time, I uh, a little th- something in my throat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm back. Go ahead.
1: Holy bad timing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's just like, you know, the engineer's out, and then the backup engineer's out, and then you're really screwed. OK, so if we look at this, I just want to get this number, but uh, uh, then versus now. Because about five years ago, we had people, we called it the, the late spring of discontent. It wasn't quite a summer of rage. But everybody wants to compare themselves to the summer of rage because it was a big moment. And so that's what this article was written about. It's like, look, summer children, this is not 2011. 2011 was a disaster. And oh, yeah, there, were, there sure. were reasons for it. You were there and I was there. Yep. yep. And I can't find, I'll just look it up this way. There it is. 27,000 subscriptions uh, they lost. And that was post Incarna. And they lost that fast. I think they lost that in like six weeks. Yeah, and the was result bad. was um, basically they had to lay off 20% of their staff because, as we explain in this thing, Incarna was supposed to bring in money. Instead, it cost them a ton of money at a time when they needed to pay a loan off to private investors. And those private investors were like, where's our money? Lebowski. And, uh, CCP basically said, Oh, we got to do some things. And so they had to basically shelve world of darkness. Um, they had to, uh, cut a hundred people in staff and, and you know what we got for it? We got what we got now. Like, it was, it, was, it was players revolting and screwing the game up, in my opinion. And they, uh, they think they did something great because they made the company bend the knee. And congratulations, you screwed up EVE Online, in my opinion. You screwed up EVE Online right. for good.
1: So if anyone's ever watched the uh, Harden the Fuck Up video, right? That thing's done in 2009. CCP is growing. They got the community group guard, and they're doing these things like videos. Anyways, the reason why I bring this video up is because, you know, they have offices now in a number of places: Atlanta, Shanghai, uh, maybe somewhere in China. I think uh, somewhere else in China, maybe Singapore, you know, it, and of course Iceland. They get and they put all these people in the videos. And if I remember correctly, when they laid off a bunch of these people, a bunch of those people that are in the video uh, go poof from CCP.
0: That's right? so sad. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, that's a piece of information I got from from uh, some of my research and conversations back at the time. Um, and I was talking at the time to the the head uh, guy for uh, doing interviews with him. I uh, Dave. I think it's David something. The one who was doing. Well, uh, yeah, the, the marketing the main, guy. The main marketing guy for yeah. the dust, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, had him on the show and did different things there. And and then, you know, Wait, what show? All, you used to
0: do a show. What was it called?
1: Uh, Lost and Eve. Yeah. We did. Classic so, Eve podcast. Eve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lost and Eve podcast with uh, Jake Cougar and I. And we would go find different guests. And we had lots of different CCP on. Guard came on a few times and different people like up. But anyway, so this, what's happening, right? Wh- like you guys were just like rocketing in the right direction. And then. You're laying 27,000 people off, or not 27,000 people 20% of yeah, your staff thousand, off. Like,
0: thousand people yeah,
1: in yeah the 20% South. of your staff, right? So, like, what happened? What, like, what, who hit the detonate button, right?
0: I'm sorry, it uh, wasn't 1,000 yeah. people. wasn't that 1,000 people.
1: No, just 20% of their staff. So I don't, yeah. know that, I don't know that number right off the top of my head. But, but you know, I, somewhere along the way, I came across, uh, you know, like, you know, a number of those people in those videos were gone, which kind of sucks.
0: That does suck, yeah. Those are some of the groups. I think it was like 100 people or 200 people. I I wrote it here somewhere, I think.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I can look for that. Anyway,
0: don't worry. It's a grim time, right? Grim time. And then um, Hilmar comes out and apologizes because all this stuff was, you know, again, all this stuff was released. We'll go back and, and, and just see what the anger, what made everybody so upset. But he comes out and apologizes and then everybody, and then they had their layoffs. And then, the, and, then the, and then the community, right? All the guys that were complaining and quitting and saying, I'm leaving, you should leave too. All those guys who are like, wow, CCP took all the wrong lessons from this. And it's like, no, they didn't. They looked at their financial forecast. They had debtors looking for money. They had you quitting and telling other people to quit. And they had to do some stuff that were dramatic. And that is on you to a large degree. That is on you. So take responsibility for your stupid action of trying to get other people to quit the game when you want to quit because nobody can date the girl that you can't date or don't want to date right. anymore right that's what that is so that's on you and we see a little bit of that now right it's like people are upset about what i don't know let's take a look at this uh, article here now i like uh, the author of this article i consider him a friend uh He's in Goonswarm. I don't know if that makes a difference, but I do feel like a lot of Goonswarm uh, is in on this uh, line of thinking here, because I hear it from them. That's why I'm saying that. Not just because I want to say that. That's kind of what I've heard, and a lot of the sources seem to be uh, coming from there too. But who's well? You've read this, right, Shen? What would you think?
2: Yeah. So in there, um, so I'll just give a small overview. So you talked about uh, the peak concurrent uh, user, the PCU problem that we're seeing. So basically, the PCU has dropped. uh, So it has dropped, and it's the lowest we've seen since uh, 2006 uh, after the game started. And part of that is because of the scarcity. Uh, Part of that was uh, because it's an industry change, and it's basically a DSS. it's basically what's called the stack formation that's what we're going to have our next, I guess. So that's part of part one of that. And the second part is one on for like two or three paragraphs talking about the Plex selling. Uh, that we have discussed, um, I think, a few episodes back when, uh, let's like say, a, a new brew lost their first or second ship to get a pop-up on their screen saying my um, Plex and replace the ship, right? So the second one is kind mm-hmm. of um met, like it's just a good old topic about CCP doing their marketing, stuff like that. And, but the first one is really worth talk. Uh, it's, it's really worth our time, I think, to, to go in really deep in that too. Yeah.
0: All right. So there's a few things going on. Let's actually, let's look at them. One is, uh, let's let's just face it, scarcity. There's people who are hurting from scarcity and they're, they're not liking it. Um, and let's talk about scarcity for a second. Let's just have a discussion here because i uh, shan you can maybe go first because you're somebody that is suffering from scarcity so why don't you explain it from the pain side of things
2: yeah so so what's what's happening right now is in ozik uh so there are two parts to it one is the uh the mining side which is they are less worth in astro belts and they are less um Kinds of war, right? Before you could mine low-sec ore and non-sec ore together in Nosec, but right now you can only mine Nalsec ore and they're spawning in very small chunks. So it's very hard for roll calls and basically big mining operations or even just medium mining operations going to to, to go into the belt. It's, it's not worth it, as it right now. And second part to that is the ESS or the dynamic bounty system. Right? So right now, uh, let's say if I farm a system and there's Nobody comes to the system to fight, or just however, like there's just safe for me. And that the index of the system will go down. And eventually, the lowest it can go to 30%. And yeah, basically, and then that's basically hurting the money income too. So, right now, com- the combination of those two things plus industrial change we've seen recently caused a stagflation, which means that. Uh, people have lower income while at the same time, the price of ships, uh, especially capitals nowadays uh, after the industrial change are skyrocketing. So for a new bro, uh, for the most basic part is, is taking them longer and longer, putting more and more effort into getting their first, uh, goal. Basically, either it's a Marauder it's a dread or well, like even though right now capital ship, to be honest, for a new bro is kind of impossible, uh, with like, say, five, four billion on the line to just get it All,
0: all right. So, I mean, what is the... Uh, boil it down to just a uh, top of the line or one sentence. What is the problem with scarcity from your perspective? Can't get into the ships at you need?
2: The day, I, I at the end of the day, EVE is a game. So people want satisfactory out of this game. And it's hard to get satisf- satisfactory out of this game right now.
0: Satisfaction,
2: right? Yeah, satisfaction. Yeah.
0: All right, Rundle, where do you sit on scarcity?
1: I, I think it's a fun. I think I think it's a, a necessary function, right? I think the the they know that the stockpiles across uh, the bigger factions in Eve are quite high. They know somehow they need to drive those things down. Uh, I, I think scarcity with the playing the level leveling the playing field. For all the subcaps, really, is what will help new players get into the ships that they should be flying over the next year to two years, uh, and uh, that'll give them time to adjust. I, I personally don't encounter um, a lot of issues with the scarcity side of it. For me, the price changes to the to the bigger ships are really a function of the industrial changes, not of scarcity. Um, I think the the mining opportunities are still there. I think people are making money mining. Uh, I, I think there's, uh, you know, pockets of areas where, you know, new bros are having problems, but that has nothing to do with scarcity. That has to do with like code and safety and not joining corporations and not understanding what you're doing and rushing your way to a hulk and stuff, right? Traditional, normal things. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I think. So I think the scarcity Yes, it's real. I'm not saying it's not real, but I think the impact is is overinflated just because people don't like it. They want the they want the $1,000 an hour job, but you know, they don't like the $200 an hour job. Right? Yeah. You know, they they're used they're used to the $1,000 and like where's my 800 extra dollars? But bro, 200 bucks an hour pretty damn good, really. Overall thing all things considering, right? Uh, and so I think they are taking a careful approach to, to, to controlling and squashing the ISK income per hour number that was there before, simultaneously working through some of the stockpiles across EVE and simultaneously setting themselves up with the new industry to be able to turn the taps however they need to do to adjust the flow of ships if there's a, sta- a true stagnation of ships. Out in the in Nullsec, they're still playing with super caps. They're still do we had the people on the show last week, they're still doing super cat hop, super cap hop drops, hot drops. <laughs> um, people are playing with the big ships, they're all over the kill board. Uh you know, there's not hundreds of them, but they're still it's still going on. So uh, you know it's just gonna balance out. Uh, I don't think Eve is any less fun because it's a little harder to get some minerals. That's my perspective.
0: All right. So, uh, again, that is scarcity, but it also rolls into the overall balancing of the economy, they call it, which or the ecosystem, uh, which means uh, not only it's how fast players can make money, it's also how much things cost, uh, how players build things. And one of the things that changed a lot was it takes more resources and a variety of resources now to build things. Some of the same things you could build for with just minerals. Now you got to build with multiple things and it's harder to source all that stuff. So it, it's more labor intensive. It's also more costly if you buy that labor. Uh, and if you don't buy that labor, that's more time that you have to invest in order to get the same uh, result, the same ship that you wanted to get at the end. Right. And um, both these things I think affect the consumer. Combined, uh, and, and that's probably the big inch that players are feeling like uh, Shen here and other players. There's some some players have gone on to complain that scarcity is um, ruining the game, or maybe not that big a deal, but uh, they're uncomfortable with it. I think you've seen uh, CSM members talk about scarcity, uh, etc. It's it's just all over the place. One of the things that people say is, uh, "Hey, look, as ships become more I just, I just heard this yesterday. As ships become more expensive, uh, PvP will dry up because people won't want to risk their ships. What do you guys think of that equation?
1: Depends on what ships we're talking about, right? Again, uh,
2: yeah, it depends you know. know what scale too. What scale of, of conflict are we talking about? Small game PvP, big fleets of two hundred fifty people in a fleet—they're different stuff.
0: Well, what I heard is like if look if if a dread's going to cost me uh, five billion. I'm, not, I'm just not going to use it like I used it before. I
1: mean, at, the, at some you, point. Yeah. Go
2: ahead, Sean, Go ahead. I'll say this: a lot of time you see those big flea fights, you get SRP'd after this. So PvP, at least from an altsec perspective, it does not affect. It, so industrial chain does not really affect PvP chain PvP at all, because it's basically your SRP money will be higher than before. That's it.
1: Yeah, and I think there's a, there's a lot of people who really do understand the. So it bounces back and forth. Let me let me let me actually back up. So it bounces back and forth between those people who are like, it's just a game. Who cares? I'm here to have fun, and fine, I'll put it to risk. And then it bounces to those who are like, look, don't undock what you you know don't feel or feel you can afford to lose. So people who truly are like locked into that, man, I can't afford to lose that. Won't undock it. But. They probably wouldn't undocked it in the first place for the most part, because uh, it's not like the ships went a hundred x, right? Uh, so will they undock it? Core, uh, you know, in a ratio of you know five to one, you know, probably. But there's a five to one change in the battles anyways, just because of the nature of the game of of how and what's happening in the game. But when you start talking about you know subcaps battleships and down where the cost index now, of those doctrines are lower. I think you can have a lot more uh, old school fights, right? Where you just have a bunch of, you know, a Drake fight or Drake versus Ferox versus, you know, Serbs or, uh, um, you know, or whatever. Right. Uh, it, now, when you start getting into some of the T2 doctrines or for sure, the uh, pirate faction, now those are where I'm going to be, say, wow, it's going to get a little more expensive than doc and whelp 200 macarials, uh, or you know, a bunch of rattlesnakes or something like that. It's going to get a little more pricey, but uh, you know, I think the people who will be most impacted will be uh, low sec play- low sec players, very small alliance players, the single roamers. Uh, people who don't, as as Shen said, don't have the the bigger um, you know alliances and SRP and those sort of activities behind them. Those are much more impactful. When you have six ships, and you know they're they're kind of your only uh, it's your personal fleet, and you lose two in a weekend. You know, that's a that's thirty three percent of your ships gone, and you know you that, that hurts. EVE does hurt in a way, you know, if you have, you know, 200 ships in your, in your hangars and you lose two ships in a week, like, okay, who cares?
0: Well, it really seems to be more about, uh, we're trying to evaluate risk. We're talking about this talking in stations today in general. Do people actually fly less uh, because things are more expensive? And I think that the, the studied answer is no, it depends on stockpiles. If something costs a lot or a little, it makes no difference if you have a perceived stockpile. If I have 100 dreads, I don't care how much they cost until I get down to 10, and then I care because I'm not looking to replace stuff. So I think stockpiles play a big role. The feeling of, do I have enough of this, regardless of price, is what dictates how much you put at risk of that stockpile. And even so, we are looking at the nature of risk versus reward and it has to do more with frequency. The brain works in a weird way where it doesn't like to lose things uh, a lot more. It, it doesn't like to lose things a lot more than it likes to win things. In other words, if you had a 50-50 proposition, you normally say, no, I'm not gonna risk it, you know, because I like what I have and I don't wanna change that situation. Even if the prize is more, it takes a long time for that, that reward to get big enough for you to risk what you already have. And so uh, they've done tests on this where one guy basically said, I'll give you $10, we'll flip a coin, and I'll give you $10 if you win, and you give me $1 if you lose. And very few people took that bet. They'd rather hold on to that $1, which is bizarre. But if you say, I'll give you 10 tries, the equation totally changes because frequency, uh, for some reason, lessens the power of losing. And I think CCP has thought about this and said, let's get people out there fighting over and over and over and over again, because the frequency of loss hurts a lot less because you're going to get some wins in there and that will take care of some of those losses. So you don't feel like you're just losing. And uh, I wonder if that doesn't play into the whole ganking metaphor. Like those guys are really just losing. They get ganked. There is no upside to it unless somebody pats you on the back and says, let me teach you how not to do that again but there is no trade-off there. It's really just a matter of losing and that's painful. And I wonder if that there's something there that needs to be reckoned with about risk versus reward. But anyway, the point is people will fight as long as they feel like they can get their hands on another ship, like they're not trapped. And you can, you just will downship, right? Because the smaller ships now actually cost less than before. So you might've had a million ISK and you might have been able to buy that one ship for a million isk, but uh, but now that million isk goes really far for anything lower than a, a battle cruiser and lower, which can be the majority of what you fight. You can fight in that all day long and never ever lose uh, um, lose your wallet. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, go ahead. yeah, no. And I was going to say where I was going to say is you know the reason why we're talking a lot about this is because you know we're we're trying to parallel is is the is this Enough to have a, a summer of rage 2.0. No, I think this is why Madeline Harris and Schen are kind of calling it a summer of disengage. For some reason, you know, this this scarcity is kind of it does play a small part. I won't I won't disagree with that. It does play a small part for some people. And I think you stack enough of these things, right? The the what's happening in the world, um, you know, scarcity and changing of the industry and some new stuff coming in there, the war going on for a year, it whittles away at its own pocket of players. Each little group that is kind of aligned to these things loses 10% of the players or 15% of the players. The overall game loses 20% because of you know what's happening in the world. And now all of a sudden you see the peak concurrent users amount drop, which was kind of what got us on this pathway, right? Is any one of them solely responsible for it? No, I don't think so. Do they all add up? Yes. Is it something to rage about? No, I don't think so. I don't think there's a rage factor. Certainly not like there was back in in you know in the in the real summer of rage where there was real mistakes made and real things that were happening, decisions being made that fundamentally changed the game and really pissed a lot of people off. Yeah,
0: fundamental is a good word for it. Yeah. One other thing. So now we're looking at scarcity. Yeah, that creates some pain, as as uh, explained by Shen. Uh will also uh, talk about um, activity, because as people uh, say they don't want to uh, lose what they have, they stop flying around. Maybe that's part of it. The, um, the other thing that's something that needs to be looked at as far as the overall ecology of EVE Online is that um, we're, we were in a place a few years ago where... CCP Hillmark actually came back and said, yeah, we're stuck. You know, there's not enough new people to really turn over the old people. And without that churn, we have to go in there and manually churn it. And what was happening was they were, everything could kind of, you know, I don't know if people want to romanticize what was happening a year and a half ago, but it was dead as far as activity, as far as meaning. There was no meaning in loss. Uh, People were replacing and still do. Titans just, you know. Uh, Titans were actually being used as Suicide Titans um, by NCDOT up north. Uh, It it was the game was in a bad, overabundant place and overabundance breeds stagnation. Um, Whereas the opposite, where everything is valuable, uh, that actually breeds uh, a lot more risk and a lot more, um, I I think, heightened emotion, a lot more anger, basically, because you're you don't want to lose these things. But what what Hilmar was, what I was getting to is Hilmar comes back and looks at this and it's stagnation and he's like, look, uh, people have not only figured out how to climb, this came from CSM Minutes, by the way, people have already climbed Mount Everest, building that Titan, for instance. And not only have they climbed it, but they told all their friends how to climb it. And there's a path with ropes and stakes and there's oxygen bottles. And so these guys can, you can be like, uh, whatever, postman Bill and climb Mount Everest uh, because it's all laid out for you and you have people that'll help you all the way up. And that's what was going on. So what Hilmar was saying was, let's take that Mount Everest and let's turn it into Mount Olympus. And let's put the top of the mountain a thousand times higher. And that's what they did with the economy. So now if you want to tighten, it's a a huge mountain to climb. If you want to build it, possible to do, not advisable, certainly not yet. And if you're going to do it you're going to you're going to really have to climb and that's what they're doing with this economy they are stretching out those aspirational goals okay i wanted to get to that point uh, because people forget that but go ahead
2: yeah so i would say it's very hard when when people are used to these satisfactions always to have satisfactions it's very hard to come back the other way uh, i can speak this from personal experience so i used to rat in a carrier in all well, ever since the ESS or the dynamic di- dynamic bounty system changed, uh, it's basically mm-hmm. destroying the bounties. B- b- bounty is, There's no point to writing a carrier. So I just started writing in subcapital, and really felt like I I, I felt really bad. It's Real not as good as before. You downshifted. Down like, yeah, half with one third of what I used to make. It's. It's a bitter it, pill. It, 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 I can really tell. Like, say, someone encountered it, someone else. Maybe you just quit. This is yeah. I can see that happening. Like, it's hundred percent.
0: It's a bitter pill. Uh, there's no doubt uh, because the calibration of what money is is just wrecked. It's totally. It's wrecked. If you if if, and I have talked to people, uh, a good friend um, says I used to make oh, I forget what it was, but I used to make a trillion a week. Let's say I'm, I'm sorry, that's not what it was, but. I used to, not a trillion. I used to make a hundred million a week and now I can't make it. And that is a bitter pill. That calibration of what money is worth is so
2: game breaking, isn't it? Well, it depends on how you look at it. (laughs) Really? I I don't think there's any,
0: come on. Well, a hundred million a week. I'm sorry. Did I say hundred million? I meant a hundred billion. Yeah. I meant a hundred billion a week can't possibly be a normal person's income in the game with a in a healthy game
2: that 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 must be someone who is really good at either making ISK or ratting or whatever they're doing but that's Mm -hmm. not a normal player you have to look at vast majority people in nullsec for example like because i'm from nullsec so i can i can talk best about nullsec like the life of a normal um Player, it's just basically carrier or just dread ratting, max, depends on how much effort and how much risk you want to put on the line. Mm-hmm. And the, the, this is the uh, this is the thing that's happening back then, It was there are a lot of people who are ratting, there are a lot of people who are farming, that means there are a lot more targets for hunters. So hunters are always successful in some degree too. So it's not re- only people who are making risk. there are also people who are destroying it, but they're just not destroying at the rate that uh, that they were back then before, right? Before the dynamic boundary system chain, before the scarcity.
0: Hmm. Uh, so you're saying it's all in relationship. As long as there's a lot of destruction going, then the income doesn't matter as much.
2: No, no, I mean, oh, as long as a lot of uh, farming, there will be a lot of destructions. If you look at pure number, there used to be more ships, I believe, destroyed back then because there more people farming. Oh, so I see what you're saying. When the, so so when people when all side people they don't want to farm anymore, the low side people, small game people, filament people, they're gonna go away too. So it's mm-hmm. all eating correlation. All right. Well,
0: we're getting bogged down on this. Let's move on to thank you by the way, Sean. Moving on to the other thing that uh there's a number of things that got people mad. There's the scarcity. I think the war has made people mad. Uh, either it's slowed down to a stalemate or um I don't know, people are upset about getting their homeland burned on one side or the other, because Legacy space burned too. Maybe not Northern Coalition PL or Fraternity or Horde, but Legacy had some uh, space destroyed that they kind of wanted to keep. Um, but whatever, there there seems to be kind of like uh, that fits into part of the in- equation. And then there's uh, the pop-up uh, scandal that came out, which was hardly a scandal. It's It's people really being more or less retriggered. some people call it the straw that broke the camel's back but i think that's ridiculous not that it is a ridiculous thing to be mad about but uh, the idea that that's you know uh on top of all this other stuff equivalent to make you want to quit but but here we are right like let's deal with some of the people and what they have said some of them have said uh what what do you think about that pop-up oh we went over the pop-up and I don't think there's anything there except to say that it it wrecks the expectation of new players. Why anybody's mad at that, I don't quite understand it. I think it's just a thing. But let's look at the Summer of Rage instead and go back to uh, why people were mad back in 2011. That's almost exactly 10 years ago, right? June yep. 2011. Yep. You were there. Tell yep. us what were some of the things, or we can go through these together.
1: For me, I think the the two big things for me was so 10 years ago, kind of pay-for-play and this, you know, uh, monetization of items and games was uh, kind of a, a bit of a new thing, at least for, for me and it's PC brand, games, yeah. right? It wasn't, wasn't the biggest thing. Maybe console gamers were kind of a little bit used to it, but on the PC side, not so much. And then it was just kind of vanity items. Uh, you know, if it was a true pay-for-play, there was a, maybe just a couple out there, but it wasn't like it was – hundreds of dollars for things and then this monocle that really equivalently cost a thousand dollars that i was like what the f are you talking about a if i gave a shit about a monocle certainly wouldn't pay a thousand dollars for it um you know if i had to pay two bucks for it maybe you might be able to get me to give a shit about it Um, and then the dust thing uh for me also just solely on playstation I kind of understand at least after you know, as I said, I got to talk to uh, uh, David Reed was his name. Mm, I kind of understand why they were going that direction, but for me, it was just like, what are you, what are you thinking? For me, as a player, right? Those are the two main things, and then there was a bunch of other things that really miffed some people off, the DDoS attacks, uh, stuff like that. Incarna was just. Dog shit. It really was a bad, bad expansion. They'd been working on it, trying to pump it up. I was disappointed as a person who was you know, playing the game, subscribing at this point for five years or something. So I dumped a fair amount of money, a couple of accounts, and really, that's what you worked on? That's what you're going to give me? And what you really seemed to be working on was how to sell me a $1,000 monocle? Like, you guys got your priorities backwards, and. Um, as a company, they really seem to just be going in 18 directions, and none of them was the EVE direction, EVE online direction. That's the way I took the whole thing. Now, yeah. you know, CSM getting involved and all that stuff, uh, you know there's a little bit of, I think there's a little personality, a little chess beating there going on. I think there was a little bit of a setup for Bernjita. I agree with some of the comments in uh, in the chat today where, some of that's a little meh, but company-wise, I certainly, you know, the leaked emails and the the way that CCP Zulu was commenting back. And sure, I understand as a manager, you want to defend your people, but you're talking to the people who are paying those people's salary. You got to take a different take, no matter how mad you are. Uh, all mm. these things. Um, I didn't get hit by the DDoS attacks personally, but I know that pissed a lot of people off.
0: Yeah, sure. What, what, did, what did it feel like, though, in 2011? What was it? The actual yeah, the, feeling
1: around you. I mean, the game, I mean, 2009, 2010, there was so much to do. Mm-hmm. The game was expanding. There was fights everywhere. It was a very dynamic universe. Uh, there was still, you know, blue, the concept of blue donut. Um, and there was things like that. But there was well, a lot of dynamic gameplay and a lot of dynamic wars. Hold, hold you on. Really could, yeah, go ahead.
0: No, no, uh, hold on right there because I want to yeah. illustrate this point with some of the yeah. part of the article here. Is 2007 to 2009, which was like yeah. a really strong growth period, you had the Imperium Age, which ushered in faction warfare. Yes. Uh, Quantum Rise brought the Orca, and now you actually had, you know, real mining gangs uh, with actual, uh, you know, a command ship for them because it could yes. boost them. Then you had Apocrypha, which ushered in wormholes and T3 in the same update. These are six months apart, pretty much. Yep. Then you have, uh, Solve mechanics changed to dominion after okay, before this. You were having to put up uh, sticks or uh, uh pause, what are they called? Um, pauses everywhere, and now you had this whole interesting dominion solve right, thing, right. which eventually got solved, but it was new at the time. Uh, and you had planetary interaction come right after that in Tyrannus, which is a whole new gameplay that you could partake in. So nobody was good at it. And if you were in the game at the time, you could get good at it before other people.
1: That's right. So
0: that's always good. That's what a new feature does. And and
1: incursions too, right? As you have on the list here, right?
0: That came, sorry, uh, planetary interaction. And then finally incursions came through. And all these things are, as you were saying, gameplay.
1: Yes. So, So as you're playing, right, just to talk about, like for me, right, you know, all right, I don't want to spend all my time just doing one thing. So now I had this PI I could go do. I got into PI. Solve Mechanics this this blue space, you know, null sec was very dynamic because the solve mechanics changed enough to make it at least for two or three years, very dynamic. Uh, and then it got to be a bit of a grind. But, I mean, it was exciting to see the ebb and the flow in the wars. Um, wormholes changed a I-got-to-keep-looking-over-my-shoulder problem that added just excitement to the game. Uh, well, Orca I- mining for those miners. Faction warfare, you could zip off down into into Losec and do some different things. It brought a, you know, a bit of a, well, we could go for a roam there. I mean, there was just – there was a feeling – through 2000, you know, to eight, nine, 10 and coming into 11 of there's just every day of the week. If I have three or four character accounts and I'm doing stuff, I mean, I can be really busy doing this game and it doesn't feel like a job. That was what I really wanted to. That's where I'm ultimately going. Is sometimes games can feel like a job. Uh, this game certainly has that potential, but for me, and I think a lot of the people I played with back in, you know, 2009, 2010, and going into this is that man, there's just so much stuff to do. It was mm-hmm. fun and engaging and, gameplay,
0: and all that was happening at a time when CCP is saying you haven't seen anything yet. We're going to have yeah, walking all, in stations. You
1: wait, yeah. you wait, just you, wait. If you're happy now,
0: you're going to see walking in stations, and we have a first-person shooter coming called Dust. Right? They didn't say yeah, that, but yeah. we. And so the sky was the limit. Great stuff delivered, great gameplay, and the promise of more gameplay coming in the form of two different games. And then if you wanted to take all this and play it as a vampire, that was going to be kind of cool, this tabletop (laughs) feeling. So there was a lot of promise. There was a lot. And it all came down to one expansion.
1: And that's exactly why I was saying like okay, you literally just blew sunshine up my butt for a year or more. And like, yeah, two, three, four, you're like, this stuff's coming. And this is what you hit me with? $1,000 monocle. Go F yourself.
0: Well, uh, so here's the order of what things happen. That's why I put the chart up because I did want to understand the compressed nature of time. This happened uh, literally in in one month, right? So the first thing you get is an announcement that CCP is going to take that first person shooter that you were just salivating for and say it's only for ps3 which is already dying out so who's going to buy a ps3 doesn't already have one just to play a game because that ps3 is probably you know end of life already for uh because ps4 was coming out then after that letdown uh you had uh, the guys from ddos sorry from Lull's boat decide they're going to take it out on eve probably because of this decision because these guys were eve players in fact the guy from Lulzboat was actually the guy that helped take down Brave when they had a coup. The guy was like a little hacker kid, and he was the founder of Lulzboat. So he aimed at his game. And so he took it down, I think, June 12th for like a week. It was not a short period of time. When, when these guys attacked, uh, CCP was not prepared for DDoS at all like they are now. If we get knocked off with DDoS attacks, it might last a few hours. At worst, it lasts a day. We're talking like five or six or seven days, maybe even longer. So it was a, it was really frustrating. You couldn't play basically, and then Incarna Expansion arrives, which is what we were just setting up, right? Like, okay, well, it doesn't matter. We're going to be walking in stations soon. No, you're not. Uh, there was there was no gameplay involved, but it was worse than that. It wasn't even a bad expansion. It was a devastating expansion because one is. You no longer had a hangar view, which means you came in to uh, a room where you were standing and you couldn't run to your ship, which was like a hundred yards in a certain direction. So it took you a while to get there. The captain's quarters.
1: Yeah, the captain's captain's
0: quarters. quarters Yeah. And you couldn't run. You had to walk and you had to walk around furniture and then start walking down the corridor. And it took you a full, I think it took you a full minute to get to your ship before you could even board it. And this was so intensive graphically. That while you're doing that, your computer is spinning up like it's going to fly uh, like a plane, right? It was, it was on fire because the graphics were so – it was so needy for resources.
1: 2011, so, 2011 right? So to pa- yeah. pause there. Sorry. Yeah. Think about what your computer was like in 2011, 10 years ago. We're talking a Pentium maybe. Mm-hmm. We're talking probably maybe 512 uh, – yeah. K, you know, K uh, of RAM on a video card. You might be lucky and have a one meg or a two meg video yeah. card if you paid a lot of money for it. We're probably talking us you know, yeah. we're talking some of the original Radeons. Uh, I don't even know if yeah. GeForce was out at that point. I mean, Radeon.
0: So the point like, is, you get yeah, called in for a fleet, though. You get called in for a fleet, and you can't even get to your ship because your computer is dying because of that, right? So that only lasted a week, let's be fair. Because right away they're like, okay, we'll put the hangar view back in. But they didn't put the hangar view that we're used to. They put in a picture of the, <laughs> the hangar. You couldn't turn it around <laughs> or anything. <laughs> that's right, that's right. And that was just an alternative. You could say, I wanna skip Incarna and just go into that hangar view, just so I can log in to play the space game, uh, right? Not this game. And by the way, the 3D modeling that was going on didn't look nearly as good as the pictures. So It just didn't look as good. It looked awful, actually, compared to the pictures that were produced by it with the new Incarnate engine. So it didn't live up to it. Plus, it burnt your machine. Plus, you had no alternative. You had to go through it. Uh, And then eventually they put back the... uh, I think it was a month later, they put back ship spinning and stuff. So all this stuff was in your way when it, it should have just not been, basically. And you had no... There was nothing to do in that room and you couldn't show anybody that room and it was not customizable in any way. So it really did nothing for you. So, okay, so that's Incarna, And that ushers in uh, what's called the Noble Exchange or the next store. And this is where you get into, now everybody's mad, right? People are mad because dust is not gonna be for them. They've been not been able to play Eve because of Lull's Boat or yeah, Lull's Boat. And you haven't been able to play EVE because Incarna burnt your machine and won't won't let you in. So you're frustrated after a few weeks of this. And so all this stuff starts to leak from CCP by either employees or CSM. I don't know who leaked the stuff, but I I shouldn't point at CSM. There's no evidence that they did it, but um, this fearless memo comes out. I won't get into this stuff, but it just starts to make CCP look bad. Fearless memo comes out and then the monocle gate issue apology comes out which wasn't a great apology it just reemphasized why people are mad so every attempt that ccp is making to kind of calm things down is getting overrun by more and more anger and you see hillmar uh email get leaked and that uh creates a situation where people are super mad uh and then you have this emergency summit uh, for damage control which was even to me it was the most embarrassing moment to see uh ccp kind of uh say we're gonna meet with the player representatives because I was thinking at that time, the player representatives were already overtaken by NullSec and you had, uh, you can see Matani sitting there as chairman of the CSM. He's the last person I want up there talking to CCP about my game, you know? Like I'm suffering not being able to play EVE online and they're talking to, as far as I'm concerned, the three stooges, you know, of uh, the CSM. So it was totally wrong. And, um, yeah, and that was 2011. It was, a right. it was frustration on top of frustration after hit, after hit, after hit, after hit, after hit.
1: Yeah. And That's so was large, on. like back to my, back to my analogy, like for now, small groups of people are being hit with some of the changes, big groups of people are being hit with these changes, with these things, right? Everybody. And And the, and the incarnate just hits everyone, right? So there's a, kind of some good ongoing conversation in the chat talking about the item I brought up about the CPU and stuff, right? Yes, i7s were just being released late in 2011, a lot of i5s, i3s, but those were just being released. Those were expensive. They were expensive. Most people were playing on Core 2 Pentiums, maybe a Celeron, and someone made the great point that up to that point, EVE Online had been kind of well-known to be very um, kind of uh, low-performance-based uh right. game that would do well right spread yeah. spreadsheets in space right it wasn't too graphically intensive wasn't too it wasn't too uh you know cpu intensive it did well with computers like that uh and a lot mm-hmm. of people were still playing with things that were you know 3 well, four, 5 not, years old not
0: everybody's in the US uh That's right. right they're playing in machines that are a lot older than what we're used to uh, because lin- to, yeah yeah exactly. people are Somebody playing
1: linux machines with yeah. a linux emulator uh, I mean, all sorts of stuff
0: right so it was very yeah. international, but they got burnt out. And we made a predictive model here that talks about like just what the summer of rage did to the, uh, PCU. And you can see that it, right. it really flattened it when it should have gone up. You can see all these peaks down here. That's every expansion. You know, people come check out the new stuff, say, "Yeah, it's all right. I'm out of here. Bye. Yep. They go yep. back to sleep. So it was always up, down, up, down, up, down. And it was always getting higher. Until Incarna, and then it actually didn't even go up, it went down and stayed down. And so that was, that was pretty bad. So it should have been, you know, we could have been cresting had it worked, had all this other stuff not been the way it was, uh, we could have been upwards of 50, 60,000, which would have broken the record at the time. Eventually it did break 60,000, but uh, it, w- it was later.
2: My suggestion, I guess, to CCP of what can actually help to have a new uh, ceiling at the same time, giving people those stepping stones uh, to move their path forward in Eve, which is creating T two capitals. That's not a jump trader. So you're creating those new ceilings while on the, at the same time, those before you can still get a a capital. Let's say a dread or a carrier for like say two billion or three billion. I think the price of three billion right now is doable for a new player. It's is reachable? It's same thing as a fully fitted. Um, More order, which is doable, and you you have that kind of new ceiling with T two, let's say a Titan T two Titan. That's gonna worth like right now like one hundred fifty billion. That's that's the price of what I think the material cost for Titan nowadays. So I think creating new ceilings at the same time uh, don't remove what people had before. So people. Don't like the feeling of lose something, even though it's not something that they owned. It's an option that they had.
1: Yeah, I It'd see. Even more
2: that. options or new options. Right. I mean, to some part of to some part, it's kind of CCP lazy to not do that to just use the old material, stretching it in some way. Right. I think adding new things, like like I think you guys said, right. Back in the days. What really got people excited was the new stuff, right? The new stuff about walking stations, about like Dust314, right? It's the new stuff they're adding into the game. People will get excited for that no matter what.
0: It's not new. Here's the difference, Shen. It's not new of more of the same. It's, and and those are contradictory, aren't they? But it's, in other words, it's not not a, a further thing on the track that you're already running because everybody ahead of you is still ahead of you. When you create new features, new gameplay, new mechanics that are for new gameplay, it's a race to see who can get there first. So uh, people who were, you know, somebody who's a really good and accomplished PvP player doesn't necessarily have an advantage in PI, right? And he may not even be interested in that. So you're not competing against the guys that are in front of you already you're competing to, to race to learn new stuff that is different and everybody's on the same footing and that's attractive in an MMO that's this old. You don't want to come into a game where it's everybody's already settled. But
2: well, whatever they are doing right now to the game the scarcity thing it widens the gap between old players and new players even more. But why don't the players that are here
0: feel like that's a powerful thing for them because the people coming after them, the ones that are signing up now and in the next 6 months you're going to be much richer than those guys. Why isn't that attractive?
2: Because people are looking ahead. They're always looking ahead of the people who are ahead Mm. of them. They're always looking to catch up. They're always to make improvements to themselves. And right now what they're seeing is, before it was like, I could use a month of time to improve to my next goal. It takes five months. And that's what's causing a lot of people to quit. People don't look back. They look, they look back sometimes to make them feel good when they're depressed, uh, but they always look ahead for, for, for energy, for, for reasons to, to, to move forward.
0: But even if the people ahead of them are slowed down too?
2: If anything, the scarcity makes people who are already behind slower than people who are ahead. Well,
0: of, it right? depends. Let's say you and I were both minors inside of NullSec, right? But you were a, a trillion ahead of me, right? Uh, And then scarcity hits. And now all of a sudden, we're both stuck in the mud. And I look around and say, you know what? This sucks. I'm going to sit here and keep doing what I've normally done. I don't have time to learn a new gameplay. But you decide, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to run incursions. Or I'm going to run some missions in wormhole space or whatever. You look at alternatives that are presented to you. And now you're making a lot more money than I am doing it my old way. So you're actually catching up to me, if you're the one that was behind. I forget who, which one of us was ahead. So isn't that, isn't that incentive? Because you could not close the gap to me, right? Because you and I were both miners. Whatever you did, I could do better. But now, money is much better for people who do alternative things to what you and I were doing. There's a chance for you to catch up.
2: So that's two different things. One, one is, is a continuation of one path, right? If we were both miners before, we're keep mining, that's one path. That I was talking about mm-hmm. and right now you're stepping away to a parallel path, right? There are many paths in EVE uh, that are different for different reasons, right? One, some paths may, may make money faster than others. Uh, some paths can be more enjoyable or more relaxing, right? Mining is more relaxing than incursion running, right? You can get people really relaxed, have a coffee, watch a movie at the same time. So it's, it's meant for different things. It's, what are you looking for? What are you looking for in this game, right? Are you looking for make quick isk, go ratting, go doing incursions, or mm-hmm. just looking for relax? Yeah, go, go mining.
0: I think, it, yeah. If we're walking down a path and I'm hundred feet in front of you, there are shortcuts to catch up to me, but that's not attractive to you because you might have to go uphill. You might have to do something you don't want to do in order to catch up to me. Um, but I don't see.
2: But, I think what, what, what's more scary is going to be if you change the path that I take, which is another shortcut, right? If a person with a trillion takes that shortcut as well, they're going to celebrate faster than the person started with one right. trillion. So it's, it's
0: trillion. about the people who are embracing the new, the new way of making money that are going to succeed. Um, and that's going to change who's on top as far as money goes to some degree, I guess. I don't know. I just yeah. The psychology is that you feel like all this stuff is being taken away from you and, you're, and then f- people like you. Um, or you represent in this case, uh, things are being taken away from you. And I totally get it. I don't know how it's avoidable, but I I, I get, you don't want to take things away from people because then they, all they feel is there's no trade-off. They've just lost. They haven't gained anything.
2: Yeah. So instead of doing subtraction, you're doing addition. You add in more things, you're adding new things into the game. For Example, like when the Triglavian ship line, uh, when the new sh- entire Triglavian ship line was added, people were excited because there, there's another path that they can take, or another gameplay, or another goal that they can make for themselves, right? I, get, I want my goals to get the Lashak or get the Nitra, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's all their goals, yeah, right? So, Triglavian adding new expensive. things, yeah, adding new things will be always a good thing. I mean, I, I feel like Uh, After the Triglavian invasion, there may be something in CCP's uh, oven that's cooking, uh, Mm. but we don't know what it is. I have a feeling there may be something, like maybe second chapter two or chapter three of that invasion. But there must be something that's new, that's coming, that's that's keeping the storyline and the players motivated.
0: Probably there's something coming, right? They're not doing nothing. At least I hope. Yeah.
2: (laughs) At least I hope there will be.
0: All right. Well. Uh, again, we can have this discussion uh, many times over. There's a lot of facets to it. One thing I want to point out about the PCU is people are worried about it. They're saying, hey, this is evidence. What you're doing is not working. Turn back. I disagree. Don't turn back. <laughs> if you turn back, this game is just dead. And here's the reason. Uh, the, if CCP decides that, 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 that abundance is actually the answer to the pain of scarcity... Then uh, I just don't see a future for it. You've already experienced what abundancy looks like, and I think it, it breaks the game. Um, but if you look, if you look at it here, this is the d- decline right here. Maybe I can zero in on it. 2011 through 2012. Let's go 10 through 12. Yeah, there's that. There's the decline that kept going down. There should have been a bump there, but there wasn't. Maybe this is a bump. Yeah, January, and then it just never recovered all the way down to 40k. So. We went from, you know, in January about 53 down to, wow, 36. Well, let's go to something a little fairer, 44. Yeah, so it lost a good 15, 10, 15,000 players. We're kind of in the same thing. We're at like 32 down to 22. We've lost about 10,000 and that's, Figuring in COVID as well. Here's what I'll say about COVID. There are some smart players. One of them's out there, right? I'm just going to pick on him. Dominarch. Smart guy. Dedicated EVE Online player. And he said something that just illuminated the issue to me about post-COVID society. Basically said, I just don't want to sit at my computer right now. And isn't that like, isn't that it? Just don't want to sit at your computer. It doesn't matter what's in front of You don't really want to sit at your computer right now because you've been there for a year pretty much. And one thing that um, is interesting is some of the games have actually gone up. If you look at, let's do some looking at Steam charts here. Uh, A lot of MMOs have gone down because of post-COVID, but let's look at games like uh, Final Fantasy, right? Take a look at Final Fantasy, and it's up uh, 30-day, like 7%, I think, if we click on it. Yeah, let's make that a little bit bigger so we can see. You see how that's just going way up? They did something right. Right. And what they did is they hired a, a really, really, really good streamer uh, that had a bunch of fans. And he started streaming and he made it popular to stream Final Fantasy at this time. And uh, that made everybody want to stream Final Fantasy. And I think they might have had some original, some new content come out. And so basically they've done some things right in order to, to reverse that trend. There's another one, Guild Wars 2, right? Now that didn't have any new content, uh, but let's have a look at that. No Steam chart. Ah, and that one also may have gone up. So it's not here. Let's look at uh, SOE Online. Is that how you do it? Let's, let's let, me, let me write that out. Elder Scrolls, Elder Scrolls. Uh, let's see. No, this looks like it went down too yeah it's dipping down too or i don't know uh they did have an expansion and they look like they just kind of had a little blip they didn't really go up and then finally world of warcraft i'm seeing these for the first time no it's not in steam because i think you have to sign in through their own yeah thing yeah so it's not steam related well i was thinking about this and i was like what would make uh some games go up and some games go down and i think If you think about it, okay, let's look at this World of Tanks. Thanks for some, if you think about it, this is the conclusion I was coming to and it's just based on only a few data points, but what if the places that are really suffering the post-COVID slumps are games that are popular in the United States, because it's the United States that uh, is really coming out of um, COVID restrictions, right? This has gone down too, so that makes sense. Mm, We'll do War Thunder.
1: There's, you know, it's it's the confluence also of summer, right? In the northern hemisphere, majority of gamers are in the northern hemisphere. Summer, traditionally, anyways, is you know you lop a bunch of people off who travel or you know tend to the farms or the gardens or do whatever the heck it is they want to do in the summer, and mm-hmm. you know it's traditionally a bit of a downtime for gaming. Add in COVID, it's a multiplier, right?
0: Yeah. Well, my point is maybe part of the exacerbation of these things so as you said earlier Rundle, it's more than one thing clearly more than one thing yeah. but one of the reasons that you can't pick a trend line is because uh eve online tends to be really popular in the united states i could tell by the fan base of uh talking in stations if it's any reflection of eve it's a very very heavy us time zone and
2: uh, that makes we can, we can look at that during the csm vote right i think The uh, United States won the majority of the vote. So the majority of the vote in in CSN came from uh, the U.S. It's not majority, like over 50%, but the highest percentage compared to other countries.
0: Yeah. Do you remember what that was in 16? Like what that vote was? I think it's...
2: I just remember it's the highest. I don't remember what the number was. They had a graphic somewhere. Need to I, down, wish,
0: I wish I could find that right quick, but that's a good point. So CSM kind of proves the same thing that I know from our own analytics and metrics and uh, from, from what we've known. And that is that EVE Online, as far as the community of EVE Online, a lot of it is United States-based, which is a group that is coming out of COVID, uh, at least COVID restrictions. Whereas games that are played like Final Fantasy in Korea, I don't think they had those restrictions. I don't know if they have a um, post-COVID uh, slump. You know, so that might be a part of that. It's hard to compare,
1: is my point. Yeah. So I I just want to jump in here for a because the the chat has been hitting up a couple other of these little things like, you know, you lot 2% here, you lot 5%, right? So there's been a big war for a year. I mentioned the war, but I didn't really mention the impact. So a few people have mentioned it. You can't go mining. You can't maybe do some of the other um, economic things that you were doing before. And, you know, so that lops a bit off. And then how does that roll into all these other things we've talked to, talked about, and it's easier to just blame, you know, CCPs, you know, the, you know, is causing the problem or, you know, you're not making the game fun enough or whatever, right. It's, but it, there's all these little elements to me this time. And again, back to the summer of rage versus the summer of disengaged to me, Night and day. And so uh, I take a second here to comment on this article that kind of started us talking about this, right? Mm-hmm. Good article. Uh, you know, I read kind of through it a little good bit. Good writer. Yeah, good writing. I, I, I'm not this for not, me. I, I'm not trying to say bad article. You're completely wrong, bro. Uh, I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I don't buy what you're selling. I don't buy your article so much. I think it's a bit of. Placating to some of the people on social media, the 1% people are going, oh yeah, it's all these reasons. I, I don't think there's enough research in here for me that says, that really aligns it to what really did happen 10 years ago. Um, and the having been there and here now. Completely different feelings, completely different aspect of what's happening. Uh I'm just being more Canadian about it, I guess matter all. I just I don't want to completely say it's a it's a t- <laughs> I shit like article, the writer. But uh, uh, I like
0: yeah. the writer a lot. Doesn't mean yeah, I Yeah, good uh, writer.
1: Good yeah. writer I just don't agree with his conclusions and I don't I, I think it's uh to I, me, I, I feel I like
0: he he's been talking to the wrong people. Uh, well, maybe yeah. not the wrong people, but he's been talking to half the people. A, a very right.
1: small percentage of people. Like I said, there's like a one percent of people I think who are going to probably be saying this. Because if he hadn't pointed it out or someone hadn't pointed this out, I look at Twitter and other places. I, I haven't seen anyone call it a summer of rage 2.0 yet. I first time I heard it was reading his damn article. So can't be that uh, prolific. Oh,
2: is that true? Yeah, I haven't seen it think, I think it's here. Yeah. One is back to the thing that I talked to matter about. Uh, also, skill played a big part in that. Like When you change pathways, that's the whole point of skill point system is you can change pathway really easily. And second of all is the PCU for serenity. That's a thing that's always brought up, at least in AOM, when we compare two servers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what happened before is serenity used to have t- uh, 10k, and tranquility used to have 30k. So it's always like, three times over Serenity. That, that's always a, the thing that we're seeing. Right now we're seeing it dropping to um, to, to, two, uh, to two times, which is 20K. And now we're seeing still dipping down. So maybe one day that there will be same amount of uh, <laughs>
0: really
2: uh, awesome. people in Tranquility and then in Serenity. So who knows? Here,
0: here's looking at Serenity. And they have uh, a little bit of a fall off too. Can't see what this is. July.
2: So, so they have a day. So, so they have a. Yeah, it's basically summer, I think. So what you're saying right now is there's like big sharp turns up and down. That's, mm-hmm. that's because it's not all time zone. This is only during uh, what we call it right now AUTZ or CNTZ that they're playing. So it's only nighttime in China. So yeah. that's why you see like spikes all, all over the place. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One... During the daytime, people go to work and come back for a game.
0: These guys are the night owls here. We're playing in the middle of the
2: <laughs> Yeah, uh,
0: there has been a slow trend down here. Now they're getting the expansions that we're getting, right? So this is an interesting take to look at it and see how uh, it's being affected. It's, it's definitely not as dramatic as what we're experiencing, but
2: um, yeah. I mean, actually, my, this my is theory the- on it is there's so there was so much abundance beforehand. It's just, there's no need to worry about scarcity. So it has a less impact on it. Oh,
0: you think it, they were, they were too abundant. So they're more immune to it and bigger stockpiles.
2: Yeah. And it's easier right now. So with uh, the industrial change at least uh, right now, you basically need more people to, to mm-hmm. have more resources from, uh, from everywhere in the universe. And since everyone basically belong to one coalition, it's kind of easy to make connections with each other and stuff like that. It depends yeah. on which way, which perspective you look at it.
0: Yeah. Get what you need, kind of thing. All right. Well, that's interesting. Actually, I didn't think of looking at Serenity because they have they have differences, obviously, but they they are now caught up. They used to be like a, a patch or an expansion or two behind us, but now they're patched at the same time, pretty much. So,
2: uh, uh, so I think one week or two weeks apart. Yeah, so, but that's one week or two. So
0: that's different yeah. than like two months, three months. Uh, the way yeah, used exactly.
2: To. So we would, would you see a lot of Serenity players come to us? to ask for any news that's going to come come <laughs> to to the server, right? So, so get, getting prepared.
0: So, so where are their hobo leaks?
2: Essentially. So if they look at our hobo leaks, then it's like way, way, way beforehand. <laughs> yeah.
0: Theory. Oh, that's funny. Well, okay. That was a good thing. So um, a good writer, don't necessarily like this article uh, for it. Feel like he's definitely writing from... Uh, perspective of people that are around him uh or that he's talking to i think he did talk to ccp in this uh who didn't really give any hints about information if you want to learn about what really happened in 2011 this is probably the definitive article as i said it was published um inside of oops there i am inside of um the uh, Eve online uh, empires of Eve volume two. It was referenced like three or four times. And that's because it's got a lot of facts in it. Again, researched not only by me, but uh, Dirk McGurk and noisy gamer. And it was, and uh, helped, helped me uh, fix up the article because she's my all time uh, editor and fixes my writing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we did that together and I think it's definitive. It really captures the moment and the, the density of trouble on, on the back of what was great up until then, and then just the, the uh, over, um, overflowing anger from frustration from not being able to play the game basically, right? And how much damage that did because people got fired because they didn't make their quota. They, didn't, they weren't able to pay back the money they needed to pay back, or maybe they did, but it damaged their ability to continue. And here's the problem with Summers of Rage, right? If you think it's some romantic thing that the players did that was great, I think it took away the spirit of EVE Online in a significant way. It went from a pen and paper landscape, a D&D type landscape, where multiple different things to do, to uh, something that was obsessed with keeping the players happy with balance changes. And I'll tell you what, that killed the spirit of a world and a metaverse that was growing and made it just a video game. And that's what we have now. So this can do damage. And I don't even know what people want out of this Summer of Rage, if that's what they want to call it. What do they actually want? They don't want new players to get a $5 chance to recoup their ship. Is that really the hill that you're willing to kill the game on? Is that why you're quitting and why you're having other people quit? And let's let's take that out of the way and just say that's a straw man. Like there's not many of those guys. And if you are... You're your own special kind of strange guy that you need to, to do that. But the people who are mad about uh, the situation they're in now with scarcity and, and where the game is, look, I get it. Getting things taken away from you or having the, the goalpost moved on you is not fair. It's uh, it's not fair. Uh, but the, the game is so sick with... Uh, uh, not, just, not just what your guys, Shen, are telling you, but I've talked to other people who are so twisted in their conceptions of what value is, right? I just talked to somebody as an, ex- as an example that built a little bit of uh, ammo, then built one cruiser, and then built a Titan. One person did that. And to me, I think that's ridiculously...
1: That was the progression they took?
0: That's the progression they took, Yeah. And I just thought, like, funny. how am I supposed to come into this game and say, I'm going to build a corporation that opens a shipyard and all my guys, whether they're 20 or 100, are going to build these big, magnificent ships. Oh, wait a minute. This person that couldn't give a crap about my plan just built one of those things uh, because he or she was in the right position. Never mind. Sorry, guys. I'm going to a different place to, to seek out that dream, that aspiration. Now, that guy that wants to build a corporation to open shipyards, to build big ships, now he's important. Now he's valuable. And that is what was missing for a long time. So hopefully we see more of those guys. And hopefully we see more talking stations after this, if I don't get run off the road uh, (laughs) after this episode. By the way, I've been looking at this fountain going on uh, in chat where people are just constantly saying stuff. And I don't know if it's good or bad. I'm going to assume they're talking to each other and everybody's happy.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's a happy crowd tonight. (laughs) Besides, we're disengaged. We'll be disengaged. Everyone's disengaged. We're disengaged from chat. We'll be disengaged. You might get disengaged from the road even. Who knows?
0: (laughs) I get disengaged from the ground as my car goes flying or whatever.
1: That's right.
2: All yes. right, I guess we'll end on a little bit of news that yeah. I saw uh, in Teneriffus, Uh So there's a new alliance coming into Tenerife's called the Dragon Dynasty. Uh. So before they were in Pure Blind fighting Womp. But right now they got their hubs in Tenerife's. And it seems like they're a very, very small alliance uh, for a null block or for a null alliance in general. So it'll be interesting to see what's going to come next. Uh, are they gonna, so, so far we, we are not blue with them uh, last time they're I right checked. Uh, so maybe they're part of RC. We don't know yet.
0: Uh, what, what's their call sign again? They're uh,
2: DD. They're a DD? Dragon Diamonds. Yeah, yeah.
0: I just clicked on it. It showed me uh, dread bomb. I think
2: If you look at IHUB in Tenerife. Oh,
0: okay. Let me switch that to I have owners. Yeah, I'm looking at iHubs. I see uh, DD here. Maybe I clicked on the wrong one. Oh, there you are. Uh, yep. There you are. Yeah. Dragon Dynasty. I did click. I clicked on the wrong yeah. one. That's on me. So here they are.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. Look at that. Went from 100 to 200 people. Good for them. Be interesting to see what they do. That's good news. We can end on good news, right? Rundle, I, f- I feel like I just swallowed up all the oxygen. Do you have anything else?
1: No, that's good. I can't, you know, uh, wow, hour and a half. I uh, yeah. hope you guys enjoyed us uh, doing a little history, uh, revisiting our, you know, our golden years uh, and drawing some parallels. And uh, I will again say sorry to the article writer. I know you put a lot of effort into it. Uh, yeah, it didn't work for me, but, uh, you know, try again. Write some more stuff, please. Oh. Uh, at least give us something to talk about.
0: Yeah, he's a good writer and he'll write. he'll write yeah. more stuff. We disagree with this one.
1: Yeah. People disagree with what we have to say sometimes too though. So, but for the listeners, 141, uh, we thought, uh, you know, this, this, this show could have gone anywhere. So all 141, well, 140 of you, I'm not going to say thank you to Dominark, but uh, 104 of you, thank you for, uh, for watching and, uh, and, and listening, uh, and keeping engaged for the whole thing. I appreciate it.
0: All right. All right, guys, we will see you next time on Talking in Stations.